on to 9.30. Please stand when sharing so all may hear and speak. And then I read at 9.30. Okay. Hey, everybody. I'm Cleo. I'm compulsive overeater. Hey, Cleo. I'm supposed to say compulsive overeater. I forgot. One of my old sponsors said to me, when you say compulsive overeater and food addict, it's just you setting yourself apart from everybody else. Because everybody's just compulsive overeater here. You don't need to say and food addict. So, I'm a compulsive overeater. <laughs> I'm learning to be one of many, okay? Uh, I'm grateful to be here this morning. I uh, really was so excited about being here. Uh, a work thing called, and they want me at 11 o'clock, and I haven't had breakfast. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, all I want to do is do this. I don't want to go do the work thing, but there's no reason I can't do the work thing, except that I don't feel like it. <laughs> you know, it's very rare in my life that I just want to do programming, you know? But it's one of those days. But I'm, done, I'm willing to show up for both. So. I'm going to be jetting out of here, but please, if anybody want to talk, my phone number's at the top of that uh, sheet going around. I love outreach calls, and I call back, even though I don't feel like it. I love outreach calls. <laughs> <laughs> so just for today, um, I'm a compulsive overeater, you guys, and I'm powerless over food. Uh, I'm one of those people I just enjoy eating. Um, I love food and the relationship I have with it. And I know the dangers it causes. I know the disease. I know that it kills me. I know that it's killing me. I know that it could kill me. I know all of that stuff. But the relationship I have with food and the part that it's played in my life, it's still, to this day, it just calls me. The food still calls me. Um, my first meeting was February of 89. In New York, the first meeting in my life. And uh, <clears throat> when I went to the program in New York, I thought, this is a crazy program. I don't have time for this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people, all these white people are in here telling us. This is crazy. This is crazy. I thought, I can't believe all these people in here telling all their business like that. <laughs> in my family, it was very much what go on in this house. Stay in this house. You know, it was that. So when I went to this room with these people, you know, I just went to lose weight. I, you know, I don't know about all this other stuff they were doing and telling all this business. No, no, no. I just went to lose weight. You know, I want somebody to tell me what to do. But if that was an issue, I could have just gone to like James Craig and they what to do. Go to Weight Watchers. They tell you what to do. If I was going to do it, I could have just gone there and it would have been over. But I wasn't doing it anyway. I've been in many places that were telling me what to do and I still hadn't done it. <laughs> so I came here and I want you to do the same thing. Tell me what to do. You know? If I was going to do it, I could go to those other places and I tried so many things. One of my favorite things I used to do was the AIDS candy. Remember the AIDS candy? A-I-D-S, AIDS candy. I, and I started that as a kid, the AIDS candy. We used to eat that stuff. And you know, it was supposed to eat it and it was horrible. It would disintegrate in your mouth. It was awful. But I was eating so many of them, it didn't matter. You know? <laughs> But uh, when, I got, when I got the program and I heard people talking about relationships and a rough day at work and their families and how pissed off they were, you know, in my mind, my family was the best thing that ever happened to me and we didn't talk bad about each other, so I knew I couldn't stay in that program and I was I wasn't willing to look at my family or me or definitely not a relationship. At the time, I was in a relationship I think I'd been in for like five years. I knew I needed to get out of it, but I wasn't willing to do that either, you know? So I went and I said, oh, I don't have time for this, so I left. I took off. And um, I went to gain weight. Whenever I leave this program, I always gain weight. 
So at least I'm consistent. <laughs> That's one of the things I've learned about people. When people do things that I really dislike, you know, one of my favorite things to say is, well, at least they're consistent. Every time I see her, she picks me on a third. And now I'm going to say, well, at least she's consistent, you know? Mm-hmm. I come to expect it from her. So, uh, or him, or, you know, whether it's a parking attendant or someone, you know. I have trouble with a lot of people like that. But it's also because they want to control their environment and their situation. Well, I want to control my environment and my situation. So when we all get together, you know? and, uh, um, so my top weight, once I got to the program, um, I ended up coming back. It was on an Easter Sunday. I, uh, I was living in New York. We came to California, Los Angeles for vacation. And uh, I bought size 26 pants. I didn't have any other pants to, oh, I'm supposed to stand up. I forgot. I don't have any other, I'm leaning on the table. I, I didn't have any other pants. Everything was too tight. And I bought size 26 pants for uh, a vacation. We were out here for one week. And I saw restaurants out here that I had in college that, um, uh, you know, I just had to eat at. You know, we would eat with my partner's family, and then we go to their other house. They had two houses. You know, our mom and dad were always bickering. So they had two houses, and both houses were totally stocking. <laughs> so we'd eat dinner, and I'd have seconds, and then I'd go to the other house and eat again, because it was fully stocked. <laughs> and then I'd go out to the restaurants that they had in my college town that they didn't have in New York. You know, and uh, God, I loved it, but I have one pair of pants, don't forget, for this vacation, the size 26 is because I was going to lose weight, and I didn't want to buy clothes because I was going to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And um, at the end of that one week, I could not wear those size 26 pants. It was one week vacation, and I needed 28, and I refused to buy size 28 pants here in um, LA on vacation. I refused to do it. So I wore the skirt with the elastic in the waist. And my thighs rubbed together so bad that I was bleeding in the airport. You know, walking from just entering the airport to your gate, I was bleeding. And when I got home, the next morning was Easter Sunday, and that's when I got to my first OA meeting. Um, and seriously ready to try and work the program to the best of my ability. Um, I, was, I thought I was really a, a, an honest person when I came to this program. And I just thought I just really needed to lose weight. I was a good person. I was an honest person. And I really told the truth about pretty much everything in my life. And um, that's what it was. But when I got here, I realized, you know, I lied a lot. (laughs) Because it wasn't about life-changing things, I thought, well, I wasn't a liar. You know, I thought lying is, you know, when you come in the sick and you say, I'm not going to be able to come today. I have to have my appendix taken out. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lie. But you know, when somebody calls, you know, and I pick up the phone, and I say, oh, girl, I was just walking out the door. Let me call you back. And then I sit down and watch my TV. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I had to learn. I had to learn to become honest. And I did it really well with you guys because, you know, I love to, my imagination, you know, I wasn't able to use it and I wasn't allowed to use it as a child, you know. My mother raised, you know, at 27, she had seven kids by herself, okay. And then we lost a sister. So there wasn't a lot of time for her to listen to me be imaginative and creative, okay? My mother was like, shut up and sit down. <laughs> so, I was So, if stuff is going on, you know, I'm one of these people that I call like, 
four cop cars, you know, I felt somebody, whoo, girl, I was going down the street, and I was like, 12 cop cars. Everywhere, oh, honey, it was huge, and I was watching, you know, it was all the creativity in my head. So, when I got here, I had to learn to cut all that out, you know, because finally I allowed myself to do it because I wasn't allowed to do it as a kid, you know, and I wasn't allowed to speak my mind as a kid. It just wasn't allowed. My mother had to have control, and she was a great mother, and I'm able to say that today. My mother was a great mother, even though she raised me the way I think she should, you know. She just didn't. You know, my mother beat the crap out of us, and she did it with extension cords, she did it with belts, she did it with ironing cords, cut the cord from an iron, you know, that thick cord, she beat the crap out of us. And my last beating was with a stick from a plunger. My brother held me down at 17, and uh, my mother beat me with it. And it was a tough road, it was a very tough road for the next probably 10, maybe five years. My mother and I had a very, very rocky relationship. But what I've learned in this program today is that she did the best she could with what she had. And that's a gift for me today. You know, it took me a long time. Even though by 25, 27, I was gay to that. But what I was really doing is tolerating her in my life. And for today, I can honestly say I love my mother, you know. I love her. I love the relationship we have. I can call her and ask for, you know, emotional support when I need it. And usually I call her at least once a year. And that's something that um, I didn't get as a child, for her to listen to me and just to give me what I need in words. We didn't have time like that one-on-one -on -one in our house. There was no time for that. So when I got to this program, what I realized was I needed to show up and do exactly what other people had done. When I got here, I didn't want to do that. I just said, you know, tell me what to do. And when you guys said to me, work the tools of this program. Get a sponsor. You know, work the tool of the program. Get a sponsor. Work the steps of this program. That's where your recovery is. Well, when I showed them the stage, tell me what to do, and you told me what to do, I then said, I don't want to do that. Oh, I don't hmm. want to do that. Oh, I'm not ready for that. Oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, but tell me what to do. <laughs> and what I realized is, I have to do exactly what you guys do. I have to do the exact same thing. You know, when I see people come to meetings, and when I used to see people come to meetings, and they were, the weight was coming off, you know, and I would say, oh, God, recovery looks so good on you. Wow, what are you doing? Well, I've been food plan. I've got a sponsor. We're doing step work religiously, and wow. And then I go out and keep doing what I was doing. You know, but I wanted your results. I wanted your results. I call you, I'd ask you what you're doing, and I do exactly what I felt like doing. And what I've learned is I have to do what you did if I want to get what you got. There's no other way around it. You know, and thank God, you know, we can't come into OA and the rich people can write a check and get recovery, you know? Thank God that poor people can't come in and get in line and get recovery. Thank God we have to all come here and do the same thing. That feels good. <laughs> that we get to all come in and do the same thing and get the same results. Because I'm telling you, y'all, there's a few places in the world where I feel like I get the same thing as a lot of other people, you know? Um, so I'm grateful that I have to do the same work that you guys do. Um, my top weight was around 340 pounds, and I have taken off over 100 pounds in this program, and I have put back on some. Last year, 
I was diagnosed with a skin blistering disorder, and it took them over a year to diagnose me. And um, it was the worst thing in the world. And what happened first was they, I had a staph infection, and then they had to clear it up. And then they realized it was a skin blistering disorder, but I couldn't sleep at night. I had open sores over my entire stomach, on my arms, and on my leg. And it was a staph infection and a skin blistering disorder. But to be sick for over a year, and you go to so many doctors and so many people, worst thing. I would cry myself to sleep every night, and um, I would just surrender. I would just surrender. So then, once they found out what it was, they then put me on steroids. Mm -hmm. And I gained 42 pounds on the steroids. Mm -hmm. So, I have taken off 30 of those pounds. Mm -hmm. because, uh, I, um, I, they told me I was going to have to be on steroids the rest of my life my doctor did. She said, probably a very low dose. And you guys, when I, when people tell me stuff like that, I just, you know, I want to throw the towel in. I want to say, you know what? I'm going to die anyway. So why do I need to follow a food plan? <laughs> 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 I'm going to be on medication. I'm going to die. So, and you know, I'm a big thing with that. That's my worst thing in the whole world. I'm going to do all this work down here and then i got to die. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Stop playing with me. 
think? I feel like I can work this program. 
I feel like I can do it. My higher power loves me no matter what. And that's something this program has given me. You know, before I wasn't good enough, you know? We had to share one chicken between seven kids and my mother. There was no money for other stuff. You know, I wasn't good enough. But today I am enough. I am good enough. I'm no better than anybody in this room. I'm no worse than anybody in this room. And that's something this program has given me. And I'm grateful I get to show up and be honest here. I get to show up and be honest. I went to see a friend in a show at B.B. King's Blues Place last week. It was the worst show I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, before I used to say to people, oh my God, the show was great. You were wonderful. Oh my God. Well, guess what I got to tell her? You were the best thing in it. I didn't like the show. She said to me, how do you like it? I said, I didn't. That's new for me, you guys. Because I want people please, honey. I want her to like me. I don't want her to tell anybody, oh, honey, she's a nasty little witch. You know what she told me? <laughs> I don't want that. I don't get to control that. I just get to be honest. I just say, I didn't. And I mean, with the look of, I'm sorry, but I didn't. I didn't say I was sorry because I'm telling the truth. I said, I didn't. I said, you were the best one in the whole show. I said, child, I need to get a director and you need to get this thing right. <laughs> I said, how beautiful your performance was. Thank you. But I didn't get to lie to her. And something this program has given me. Working the steps has given me more joy in my life. I was so afraid of uh, eight, step eight, step nine, whichever one is um, uh, making amends. Uh, made a list of eight is made a list of all persons with harm and became willing to make amends to them all. And then step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except them to do so with injured them or others. And I was so afraid to step nine, I would work one, two, and three, one, two, and three. <laughs> and that's the only steps I would work for. What I found is when I went on, the steps that I was most afraid of gave me the most joy when I did it. Step nine, when I worked at McDonald's, I used to steal money from McDonald's as a college student. I would steal money out of that register and put it in my bra, you know, and 20 bucks for the weekend was a lot of money. I would stick money in my bra, and they, they didn't watch us like, you know, they probably do now. But uh, I would steal money from McDonald's. Well, honey, when I worked this program, I went back there and wrote those people a check doing working my program on my sponsor's direction and suggestion. And that after I wrote that check to McDonald's, this is one of my men that really touched me. I sat in my car and cried in a way that I had never ever cried in my life because it was tears of joy. Tears of showing up for Clea. You know, so many times I was mad when you guys wouldn't show up for me. You know, we had a plan and we'd show up at like 9 and you didn't show. Oh, I was pissed at you. But I wouldn't show up for me. I'd put an extra 100 pounds on my body and walk around every day and shame myself in a swimsuit. You know, I'd do that. But I got a chance to show up for Clea. I got to be honest about what I did and to make amends for it. It was the best feeling in the world to work with these steps. And, um, I don't have answers. If I commit to doing something, I do it. I rarely eat at parties today because that was one of my binge things. I love parties. Food and parties had no calories today. <laughs> <laughs> None whatsoever. And I'm grateful today that I know better. You know, eat my meal, go to the party, you know, and be able to call before the party. Someone in program call after the party. But more than anything, I'm just grateful that I have a place to come. And I can be me. I share more with you guys than I do with my own family. You guys know me better than my own family. When I talk to them about food, they're like, oh, you're crazy. That is so weird. I can say that. 
You can stop eating when you want to. Very stupid. You know, that's just how they look at it because they can't. I'm grateful that you don't judge me. I'm grateful that I don't judge you because if I judge you, I also turn around and judge myself. And that's something I've learned in these rooms. Thank you for letting me share.